welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sasrikal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, and buddha. It's so excellent to be with you again. And I'm really, really happy. I'm sure we'll have lots of fun with our guest today, Teresa Paul, who is a business mentor and sales coach. And I'm just so excited you're here, Teresa. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes. And I'm going to ask you to jump right in and tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Okay. I, um, I am a career salesperson, so it's safe to say I have mastered the field of sales and marketing. I've been doing it in the offline world for over 30 years. And so I really started very young and I learned in the trenches. You know, back then there wasn't sales training. The sales training was, here's the phone book, go find some customers, right? And so I learned the process from day one all the way up through the ranks. And so uh, about a year ago, I decided to leave the offline world and join the online world and bring my experience online to help people who uh, have a dream, have a vision, have a desire to build a business, um, but they don't know the mechanics of how to actually get that message out, talk to people and then bring them into their world. Uh, And it's that's so valuable. And I think we we tend to overlook it. It's almost like the elephant in the room sometimes. You know you need to do it, but we're gonna go do this instead. And so what I want to do is, is demystify it. And, and I, I, I talk about selling as a conversation, not as an act, right? You're just having another conversation with someone. And really, if you've ever bought anything, aren't you glad that a salesperson is there to explain what it is? right? What you're buying. So typically, if, if you get in that discussion, somebody wants to buy what you're selling. So you're not actually selling, you're just educating them to the point where they want to work with you. And so that's sort of my methodology now. I've left the hard sell behind. I know how to do that, but it just, it, there's no, um, it doesn't feel good. It's all about the money. And what I want is it to be about the passion and um, people growing a business to help people and reaching out and learning how to do that in a way that's comfortable to them. I absolutely love that. You know, I know for me as a coach, trainer, healer, that's why I got into the work because I have a passion for helping people. And I couldn't do this work if I felt like I had to be sleazy or, you know, like, um, I I mean, make other people feel uncomfortable because I was being overly aggressive or something. Like if I think I'm being like that, then it actually, it's like a block for me. Like I can't move forward and I stop myself. And so like for me, it, it was so important to find a way to engage in this process of marketing and sales that felt 
authentic for me mm-hmm. and that felt comfortable for me and that I I could feel really good about relating to other people in that way so I, I'm so appreciative of what you're just sharing great well and if you think about it sales can be uncomfortable for both parties and it's your job as the business owner growing the business to make it uncomfortable right but you don't want to make it so comfortable that they don't buy mm. you want to amplify the discomfort a little bit so they understand that they don't want to be in this place anymore without going overboard and talking about you know the pain as if it's you know debilitating and so there's a really fine balance between letting people off the hook and just letting them say no i think i'll be fine for a while and saying will you be fine for a while and how long right that's just amplifying their their discomfort versus saying you know if you don't do this now you're just going to be in pain for the rest of your life there's a way to do it and say it so that people make their own decision to move forward again it has to be their decision mm. yes to respect the other person's right to say no that is yes. that is i agree with you i agree with you there cool so um when you think about sales like can you talk a little bit more to me about why you find sales such a wonderful thing uh why do we need sales sure so so my passion is about connection connection with other people and i think that's why i stayed in sales for so long because i made so many friendships and so many people trusted me and it was just a really good foundation for me now the corporate side of it not so much but the connections i made did and so sales to me is about making connections like like samia you and i didn't know each other 6 months ago but one of us reached out and said hi and the other one said hi back and now we have a connection right we have a collaboration we work together we stay in touch that's what it's about for me and so when i connect with people that i don't know i have in my mind can i collaborate with them or can i help them you know and and they can be my client um because that moves everything forward so as a business connection you want to make sure you're moving your business forward if you just want to be friends with somebody that's great but then they're not a business connection right i help you you help me and it's a symbiotic relationship and so i just i love meeting new people and and i've learned to meet new people online it's much different than meeting new people offline but i love meeting new people finding out what makes them tick and then connecting with them and then helping them if i can or getting their help if they can help me and then it just it just happens naturally that way but it 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 takes confidence to be able to do that and it takes no agenda like you have to go into a conversation without an agenda unless it's an absolute sales call where both people agree that this may be a sale there, there's no agenda in the conversation it moves wherever it's going to go and that's the beautiful part of it for me i love that i love that and so as you think about sales uh i know one thing that you're really awesome at is helping people understand the different stages of the process to treat right. sales to see to be able to see that actually sales is like a process and what those different stages of the process are and it would be wonderful if you could share some of that uh wisdom with us hey thanks for tuning into this episode hope you're getting value out of it 
For your information, this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Perfect. Absolutely. So the first stage of the sale, um, we usually refer to these as leads, right? So you have cold leads, warm leads, and hot leads. So the cold leads, my definition of a cold lead is somebody who is a potential client or potential collaborator who doesn't know you. So somebody out there in the world who might benefit from you, but doesn't know you. So then a warm lead is someone who is aware of you and is interested in you. So maybe they follow you, they listen to your podcast, they read your content. And a hot lead is someone who's ready to buy. Now, not necessarily ready to buy from you, but ready to buy your products and services. But you can't get a hot lead without first introducing yourself to a cold lead, right? You have to start there and you have to say hi. And that's really all you have to do. That's all I do. I say, hi, this is who I am. Here's my story. Tell me your story. And it moves on from there. And so it it really is that sort of marketing funnel that moves them through the process. Now, here's, here's where most people make the mistake is when somebody's interested in them, then they try to close them, right? Before they've actually decided that this is where they need to be. So you have to give them time and you have to nurture them. And there's a lot of output. That's what's so hard about sales is you put out a lot of energy before somebody reaches back and says, great, I I think I want to talk to you. And so it sometimes feels like a little bit lonely because you're talking, especially online, where you're not face to face with them and you're putting out so much content. But then somebody comes back and says, "I, I love your content and I love the way you write. I so much appreciate what you have to say. Okay, so they're interested, but they're not ready to buy. They haven't said, tell me about your program or how much is your coaching? They have just said, hey, thank you. And that's where the conversation sparks, right? That's when you start to talk to them and you build a natural relationship with them. But in sales, as a salesperson, it's up to me to nurture that relationship, right? When you make a friend, it's 50-50. They can call you or you can call them. In sales, I want to nurture that relationship to see where it goes. Not to be pushy, but I want to take control of the nurturing so that we don't lose contact with each other. So I think that's the biggest difference. So you go from cold to hot to client or collaborator, and then it just grows from there. I love that. And you're right. So often the problem, I know I did this a lot, was that I jumped the gut too fast. And then, you know, it's like... and then you sort of like start to be like oh no so many people are saying no what did I like there must be something wrong with my product or the service that I'm offering maybe I need to make it cheaper you know like you get yourself into this like whole funk and the whole time the only core problem or one of maybe 
part of the core problem was that you just jumped too soon. There's nothing actually wrong with your offer. Right. Right. If you do this correctly, Samia, people will ask you to buy. You won't even actually have to close. They'll ask you to buy if you, you do it properly, but you have to have patience, right? So I have a grandbaby and I remember when she was first start learning to walk. It was so frustrating to me because I'm just like, stand up and walk. I know how to do it. You should do it. But it took her time to get there. And now she can outrun me, right? She's two. And she, but it, but I, you had to, I had to respect the process of it. And the same thing with sales. You have to just, you have to stay in touch, but let it happen naturally. Stay in touch. And that's the other thing that I thought was really brilliant about what you pointed out that you want to sort of take control of the nurturing process. Don't just like leave it up to chance. Um, because I think that was another huge mistake that I made. <laughs> was that uh, like, I know in my friendships uh, in general, I tend to sort of let other people take the lead in developing and nurturing the relationship. And I'm like, oh, I'm happy to respond when you reach out. Um, but I oftentimes generally wouldn't make the, the approach myself because I used to be very introverted and very shy about those things. So it, it definitely took some doing and relearning to recognize the value of certainly in the in this context of when you're trying to build a professional relationship uh, of taking the lead. That was a really brilliant insight too. Yay. Well, and a lot, many people are like that. They're going to wait for somebody else to take the first step, right? And so, and the person who does usually gets the client. The person who takes that first step and to build that relationship gets the client because a lot of people are sitting back waiting to find out what happens and then they miss out. You know, there's a lot of regret in that space about wow, I wonder what would happen if I had hired her or I wonder what would happen if I had just taken a step closer. If you invite them in, then it's easier, right? If you open the door, it's easier to come in, but they're probably not going to knock until you open the door and say, come on in. That's so true. And just thinking about from shy people's perspective, um, you know, it's like, just like I used to be really shy about approaching people and making that move. There are lots of other people out there who are feeling that as well. And so uh, now to put yourself on the other side of the equation, and like you said, like to open the door and welcome people in. Right, and they appreciate it. I, I'm an introvert too. I know it doesn't seem like it, but I've had to overcome that. And so I have a certain sense of introverts and um, sometimes they just want to be welcomed in. Right. Sometimes they just want to be invited into the conversation. And so that that part of me kicks in and just says, come on in and talk to us if you want to or just listen. You don't have to do anything. And there's a comfort level that comes in when when you invite somebody in who's who is introverted and wants to participate, but really is uncomfortable with that situation. And so I acknowledge that and so and welcome him in and definitely, definitely give them their own space. To, to show up because being an introvert doesn't mean you don't have anything to say. Mm. Being an introvert doesn't mean you don't have any value. You have to just create the space for people to speak in their own energy. Yes, that is so true. And you know, that's making me think about 
are there any sort of clues um, or indications that people can watch out for or um, uh, like any milestone markers or something like that to watch out for in terms of how do you tell when the cold lead has become warm and the warm lead has become hot? Um, Yes, absolutely there are. Um, And it's not hard and fast for everybody, but as a rule of thumb, a cold lead becomes warm when they when they enter your world when they comment on your on your post or they join your group or they f- become a friend then they become warm now the warm leads can vary considerably so if i'm a warm lead i won't speak back i will do research and i'll gather information so i'll become hot and you'll never know it and then one day i'll say i think i want to work with you and you'll be like who are you and why have you been hanging out without talking to me right? Those are the toughest ones because those are the ones that are easy to lose if you don't, if you're not careful. That's why when you write content, you want to speak to everybody because you have no idea who's listening and you have no idea where they're at. But the warm leads that comment on your posts and and answer your messages, um, those are the people that are interested and they want to make a connection with you. And so you, you need to develop a system of just nurturing that. Once they become hot, they ask very specific questions about working with you. Hey, can we get on a call? If they ask for a call, that's a good indication. Um, If they say what's involved in your coaching program, that's a good good indication. Now, remember, if somebody gets on a call at that level, they're either a yes or a maybe, right? They're yours to close right then and there. So that's when you really need to investigate two things when you have somebody on a sales call. Why are they on the call and why now? If you can get those two things, then you can move them forward and closer to getting whatever it is they dream of getting when they work with you. Yeah, that is such an excellent point. Um, So to get clear about why they're on the call and why now. Hmm. That is awesome. I love that. So are there any other like, major challenges that you notice that people struggle with when it comes to sales that you love to help people with? Sure. Well, there's a lot of mindset things, but I won't go into that because there's so many, but there are a few um, red flags that you need to watch out for. You need to watch out for the time waster, right? The person that consumes all of your free stuff, but is never going to collaborate or work with you, right? So you need to have your radar up for that one. The second one is somebody who's not coachable. And even if you're not a coach, you have some sort of other business. If they're not coachable, they're not teachable, right? They're not willing to learn. And even if they want to give you their money, you probably should step away because that's just going to cause you anxiety and stress and they're never going to be happy. You also want to make sure that you have some sort of an energetic connection with the people that you work with or you feel like that there's one there um, because there's some people that we're just not aligned with for whatever reason, right? There's some people we just don't wanna work with. And so um, you need to honor that as you move through this. Sometimes we get so excited about getting a sale that we'll just sell to anyone. You know, I was like this in the beginning with leads. If you wanted to be my friend, I'd be your friend, right? And then I got a lot of people trying to sell me stuff. A lot of people want to be my VA. A lot of people wanted to sell me Bitcoin. And I just got a bunch of junk in there. 
And so you have to be really careful about that and weed it out. That stuff will come in, but then weed it out right away. Just unfriend because that doesn't help your business. You're not being mean, but you're there to build a business and you really want to build it with people around you who are going to support you that you can support too. So yeah, listen to your own intuition when you're working with people. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I have had that experience exactly like you you were describing actually that um, I was, when I first started my social media profiles, like I was very clear that I didn't want to be on social media for personal engagement reasons. I really wanted to be on social media more for professional reasons and so forth. And yet I was so like, ooh, I don't have any friends right now. So anyone who sent me a friend request, I would just accept. But um, it, oh my gosh, I, I think one of the things that I really, in terms of reading things out is I started doing was just asking very upfront when someone would send me a friend request that I didn't know. I'd be like, hey, thank you for reaching out. And um, can you tell me a little bit more about what you're wanting or needing if there's anything specific you think I can help you with um, and you know if the answers they gave are fuzzy or making it clear that you know they were wanting to go in a direction that I was not open to be just like oh thank you for letting me know I really appreciate your honesty and this is not what I'm about this is not why I'm on here so it really made life much much easier yes you know I do it a little bit more subtly I mm. I research people oh. so if someone sends me a friend request I go to their profile and I read through their posts and I find out what they're about mm. um so for instance I don't friend any business coaches anymore I have a few friends in the beginning, but um, it just muddies the water for me and who I'm working with. And so I can eliminate them right away. Not because they're bad people or they're, it just, plus business coaches tend to be a little bit pushier, honestly. So I, I can eliminate those right away. But I also get a feel for who they are and I get a feel for if I can help them. So if I see a profile page that needs some work, I know somebody is trying to make it online but they just don't have the elements in place. And I know I can help them. So I may not connect with them right away, but they may connect with something I say and then reach back to me and say, you're right, I do need help with my profile page. Or I do need help building my audience. So how can you help me with that? So I'm a little bit, um, I don't ask, I do my own research and then decide, but I'm very quick to unfriend you if, if it just isn't working. Right. That's what it's all about. That's a building a business thing. It's not it's not deciding whether you'll be it, the friend word is very confusing. Right. Because I don't want to be your friend anymore. That's not really the case. You might be the greatest friend in the world for a business relationship, though. This is this is not in my wheelhouse. That's true. That's true. Sometimes the language that we use, uh, it's like that can either confuse things or clarify things. Yes. Yes. So I'm very clear about that. I use my Facebook page for business, right? Not for personal. I never did really use it for personal. And I point that out to people. So if, because there are people online who just want to make more friends, yeah. right? They have no intention of building their business. They just want to make more friends and great. Good for them. Um, but that's not what I'm about. Right. No, I, that 
I don't have time for a whole bunch of online friends. Um, it, it does. It takes up a lot of time. If I'm going to work it, then I'm going to work my business. So I'm very clear about that too. So they don't expect me to ask them what they have for breakfast because that's, it's not, that's not how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. So just having, you know, clarity within yourself about why you're on a certain platform. And if you are interested in um, being active both at a personal level and a professional level, maybe thinking about creating separate pages or I've seen one thing that I've seen some of uh, the coaches that I really like do is that they'll only post about personal stuff on their profile page and then only do professional stuff on their business page. Um, you know, so there's a problem with that because of the Facebook algorithm. Facebook loves a profile page, doesn't really give much credit, credibility to the business page. So if you want to use your profile for both, you can create a second profile that's against the Facebook rules and you run the risk of being shut down. I know people who do it and they've never been caught. But the second thing is there's a functionality in Facebook where you can have two different lists and you can send your personal stuff to the personal list and your business stuff to the business list. Oh. And so you can actually divide it up that way if you really want to separate the two. But what I talk about when I'm giving training on this is, you know, your business is your life, especially if it's your passion, right? And mixing the two isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's okay if I'm a business coach and I go to your website to see if you want to do, or your profile to see if you want to do business with me. And I see pictures of your kids and your dog. And then I see pictures of your business. That's perfectly fine. Um, because it gives you a more well-rounded person, mm. but I don't just want to see personal stuff because that doesn't give me any idea of who you are in business and whether we can actually work together. Uh, oh, cool. That's so cool, Teresa. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, one of the questions that's coming to my mind now is, can you talk a little bit more about what are some of the foundational pieces that you need to have in place um, for your business before you even begin to think about growing it? You know, that is a really great question because a lot of people skip the foundation. It's the boring stuff, right? I equate it to building a house, right? Are you going to go watch the foundation dry on your new house? Probably not. But you're going to go when they build it and they paint the walls and they put in the fixtures and people want to play with all that fun stuff without ever having a solid foundation. And sales starts with a solid foundation, right? Because if not, let's say you say, yes, Teresa, I want to hire you, but I don't have any kind of foundation. It's going to fall apart and you're going to be able to tell. So really the foundational pieces, number one, above and beyond anything else, is to really identify your niche, like have a really clear, crystal clear picture of who that person is, because that will tell you if you have the right people around you, it will give you information on what you're going to say. So very, very clear. And I train on this um, very clearly. So just real quick, I don't want to take a lot of time on this, but here's how you do it, right? You have one who and one what? One person, one solution right and then you put those together and I say if you can put them together in 12 words or less you have a really clear niche so think about that who's your who then you go and find them right they're cold leads you go mm -hmm. tap them on the shoulder and you start to build your audience of these really juicy ideal clients then you engage with them just like we were talking about you start to talk back and forth you warm them up 
you give them great content. You can't miss this piece because this is you speaking. This is like you're on a stage giving information, right? And you're drawing them in and then you continue the conversation to, to where you can get them to a point of collaboration. And so, yes, you do need those foundational pieces. You need to move through the process because you can't get a hot lead until you get a cold lead. A cold lead becomes a hot lead. They don't usually fall in your lap. Now, sometimes they do. You might get a referral and they're like, great, I'm gonna work with you. That's very rare. You usually have to hunt your own cold leads and move them into the hot. And there's a process for doing that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And you know, I love what you said about, you need to have clarity on both the who you're helping and what you're helping them with. I know like when I first got started, I was very clear about the what in terms of I want to help people learn how to be more happy and I know exactly how I can help you do that uh, because I have the education and I just went through this training and certification process and how to help people learn to be happy but I wasn't that clear on the who and that was a very interesting process actually figuring that out because you know I kept coming across people who are unhappy in different aspects of their life and for different reasons and it was like at one point I was like oh you know I can uh, I, I came across some um, what do you call it like emergency service workers and I was like oh my gosh they're really super stressed out they can need help and then I connect started connecting with some uh, people working in the police force and I was like oh my gosh they're totally stressed out and usually no one's thinking about how to help them take care of their mental health and be happy but you know they're a very different population and having very different challenges than um, other emergency service workers who are like manning hotlines and you know things like that and then there were like all these other categories of people and I was like you know so it did take a little bit of time for me uh, and, and for me I just had to sort of experiment myself through through that process to figure out who I really had the best fit with but do you have any tips for um for 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 making that process a little bit quicker like how do I how does someone figure out uh, beyond experimenting who their ideal client might be. So your who is critical because when you say I help people, people is not a who, that's everybody on the planet. Yeah. And so first of all, you have to keep in mind the, the niche is for marketing. You can work with whoever you want. Mm. The niche narrows your marketing so you can start to gather like people and speak to them. Yeah. So you're not, it's not written in stone and you haven't defined yourself by this. It gives you a way to market your business, first of all. So, so start to now, here's what I, here's what I teach. So write down a list of all of the possible who's women, women, 50 plus women, school teachers, whatever they are. And then on the other side of the paper, write down all your solutions, all the results that you get, right? What do you get when, when I'm happy, what result is that? Right? So you write all those down and then you start to cross match them and figure out which feels the best. Like women 50 plus who are empty nesters who really want to find joy in their own, in their own company, right? That's a great who for happiness. Now, is that the only person you're going to work with? No, but if you can market to that group, you can really increase your business chances of success a lot. 
And, and I say you should keep a, a niche for, for at least 60 to 90 days because it takes time to build your reputation within that. Um, and then if you change it, alter it a little bit, right? Don't alter it a lot, but alter it a little bit. Um, and, and that's how you experiment, but you, but you get that one and you go forward. Now, I always say, if you have a lot of results that you offer, um, and you have a lot of solutions, pick the one that is most, most relevant to that group. So you can do research. You can go into groups and listen to what they're talking about. And what's the thing that they complain about the most, right? What is the hardest thing for them? I go into business groups and, and nailing your niche. That's a hard thing for a lot of people. So I talk about that a lot because most people want help in doing that. So find the thing that they're complaining about, because once you nail that, you can coach them on everything, right? If you find the one thing that's, that's keeping them from being happy, the worst, then you can work on all the rest with them. Mm. So that's what I would recommend. But also when you pick your who, make sure there's enough people in your who to make a, make a business, right? Don't get so narrow that you don't have enough people to reach, then you're just going to struggle. So make sure it's as narrow as you can get it, but make sure there's still people there. And always with your who, always with your niche, you want to include people who are ready to invest in themselves or their business. You want people who are ready to spend money to get to the next level, to get to their next dream, to get to wherever they want to be. Because there are a lot of people out there that'll fit your niche, but they don't have any money. Well, and that's fine. I provide resources for those people for sure. I don't leave them high and dry, but I don't work with them because I'm, I'm just not a nonprofit. I'll help them get there. But, but if you want to work with me, you have to invest something too. Right. I'm going to invest my time, energy, and experience, and you're going to invest your money. It's a trade. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, You know, I just keep thinking of more questions every time you share something. <laughs> That's usually what happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the question that just popped into my mind, I remember, again, this is going back to when I was starting my coaching process and, you know, talking about uh, focusing on people who are ready to invest and, you know, uh, have that that kind of professional relationship with you um, the number one question that I had in my mind and a lot of my fellow coaches trainers healers that I that you know we were um, in it together we were like where do we find these people <laughs> right right okay so you start you, the best place to start is social media groups. Now you can find podcasts that have a lot of your audience and you can find, but social media groups will have groups of people that are within your, a, a wide range, right? But your content really brings in the people that you want. They are out there. And if you write your content as if you are giving it away free, you attract free people. But if you write your content with value and show that you have a value because here's the thing. If I find something that I want, I want to pay for it, right. right? I want to pay for it. And so I am happy to trade my money for that, that service that I want. The second piece is, and I love this saying, the transformation starts with the transaction. People don't start to change until they invest in it, right? So the programs I've invested the most money in, I work like a dog. 
Like I am going to get everything out of it that I can because I have invested in it. And so give your clients the opportunity to do that. Give your clients the opportunity for massive transformation by giving you some money that makes them hurt a little bit, makes them want to get there, makes them move. They're out there, but you have to position yourself as somebody who's worth, has the value and worth paying for this service. And that takes time and it's hard to do. That's a little bit more of a, an aggressive sales move, but it's not because if you help the people who are motivated, they're going to help the people they're motivated to help. Right. So it's a ripple effect, right? If I help you and you help all the people you help, and then they help all the, it, it's a beautiful thing. If you help people who are not motivated that are just gathering information, then it goes nowhere. Mm. It goes nowhere. I say that free and low cost courses are informational. High ticket courses are transformational. Mm. Depends on what you want. And you just look for the people who are ready for the transformation. Yeah, nice. And this is probably going to be the last question I ask right now. Only not that I don't have more questions, but just to you know keep my eye on the clock and so forth. Um, can you give an example of, because you mentioned uh, there's a difference between like writing a post, like you're giving away all free stuff versus writing a post, uh, showing your value. Um, can you just give an example of, of what a post where, uh, of those two, uh, what those two different posts might look like? Sure. And I can give it from my own, from my own perspective. Like I would have to work with you longer to give it from a happiness perspective, obviously. Um, but from my own perspective. So when I'm just sharing information, when I just want to give free information for, and these are for like barely warm leads, right? You have to give them free information for them to get to know, like, and trust you. We all know that phrase. So that information would be something like, um, when we're talking about a niche, I would explain how to do that one person, one, one solution, right? Now you could do that on your own, but if you had me there to help you, it would go much quicker. But right. what I do, so that would just be a free one. But now if I do a value post, then I would go on to say, okay, now what do you do? You found them. What do you do with them? It's not enough just to know who they are. Mm -hmm. If you work with me, then I'll show you where to find them, how to engage with them, how to write content and actually collaborate with them. Mm -hmm. right. So I offer up, you know, book a call with me and we'll talk about where your business is going. Nice. So you actually put a call to action on it for the right people who say, okay, I want all of those things. Now the people who just want to find their niche, I've given them a little piece of something. They're good to go. But for the rest of them that are eager to say, yes, I want my business to start moving now versus in six months or a year. That's how you write the post. If you're ready to get started now, right? I, I'm the person that you should call. That, Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. That was, I think, a really excellent example. Thank you so much, Teresa. That you're welcome. I had just so much fun talking with you. Oh, good. I love to talk about this stuff. I'm a little bit of a sales nerd, so I love to talk about this stuff. So this was fun for me too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Any last words? Um, how can people best get in touch with you or about anything else that you want to say? Sure. You know what? Find me on Facebook. I'm on Facebook. It's Teresa Paul. Um, you can see my name there on the screen. Just 
find me on Facebook. Um, either send me a message or send me a friend request and just let me know you watch this and you have some questions. I'm, I'm happy to talk about this. I'm happy to, you know, I, I frequently get on the call and I talk about 90 day plans with people. Tell me about your business. Tell me where, where you want to be in 90 days and let's set some milestones pretty simple stuff. Now that's an informational call, right? Not a transformational one. You then have to go do the work yourself, but I'm happy to do that and get you started down that road for sure. Um, but, I, but I do want to say that, that sales is imperative to your business. If it's a business, you have to reach out to people. You have to have some sort of a plan, but you can find one that's comfortable for you. You don't have to use the standard plans. It's very easy to find one that's comfortable for you. But if you don't market and you don't use sales, it's, it's a hobby. It's not a business because nobody's going to find you. So some way, somehow find some help for somebody to say, okay, how can we do this? That is nurturing and warm and yummy for you. And doesn't feel like you're out there trying to make people buy something they don't want because they won't, they won't buy from you if they don't want to honest you know that if you've tried to build a business you know people will say no it's it's not out of the vocabulary so yes reach out start talking to people and see what happens yay awesome thank you again you're and welcome. on that wonderful wonderful uplifting note we're going to wrap up for today and just so all of you our dear listeners no, I will go ahead and add Teresa's uh, link specifically in the show notes. So it'll be really easy for you to find her. So check out the show notes so you know how to connect with Teresa. I also drop in my links and if you want to get in touch with me. Um, and until we connect next time, I just wish you lots and lots of peace and joy. Mm-hmm.